Welcome to Finance with Factor, a place you can come to laugh and learn from local experts about everything related to the world of real estate. Each week we cover a unique topic to help you understand the mortgage industry, navigate the home buying process, and grow your business while maintaining a slice of sanity. Now that he has climbed safely atop his soapbox, here is your host, a senior loan officer with Mortgage Network, Jason Factor. Hello and welcome to this episode of Finance a Factor. Thank you very much for taking a moment to join me wherever you are, in your car, on your walk, um, lounging in your hot tub. Whatever you're doing, thank you for letting me borrow your ear. A little disclaimer before we get going on this very exciting episode to discuss fantasy football, sort of. Um, we're going to actually talk about credit scores, how to build them, some of the trends that I see. I am not a credit repair specialist. I don't want to be one. I don't even play one on TV or on podcast, but I am a loan officer. It sounds like a superhero thing. It's one of the most glorified titles in lending. Um, no, as a senior loan officer, I, I pull hundreds of credit reports every year, and I don't do it for the giggles of looking at your credit report. I do it because we need to get you approved, and one of the steps of getting you pre-approved is to pull your credit. So if you are in the market to buy a home, buy a boat, buy a hot tub, buy a new car, get a student loan, these are all things, rent an apartment. These are all things that might involve someone looking at your credit. So today, one of the things I want to talk about is how to build that credit. What some of the steps are, tips, advice, things that we can do to help improve you on reaching that end goal of getting your life goals. Naturally, if you want to talk about achieving your life goals, the best way to do it is in the world of fantasy. As we get started in fantasy football season, I thought it would be a perfect analogy for everything we need to discuss on Cred Scores 101, stuff they should have taught us in high school, but for some reason they didn't. So let me borrow your Cred scores are essentially a predictive model. So again, let's start with fantasy football. If you think about predictive modeling, think about drafting your team. This year, I want a quarterback. Now, do I want Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers? Do I want Lamar Jackson? Or do I want, say, you know, the hottest rookie out of training camp or whoever is doing the best in, you know, do I want Trevor Lawrence as my, my quarterback this year? If it's a game of predictive models, think about the trail and the averages and what I know I'm getting. Credit, credit bureaus are looking for predictability. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, super predictable. I know exactly what I'm going to get. Lamar Jackson, I mean, he's been an MVP. He's been a bust. Do I know what I'm going to get? Eh, maybe, but is there some risk there? Probably, right? Banks don't love risk. So let's talk about what goes into your credit score. Uh, new credit inquiries. That is 10% of your score. Types of credit used, another 10% of your score. Length of your credit history, 15% of your score. Amount owed, 30% of your score. And payment history, 35% of your score. 
So basically, 65%, 100% in your use. Actually, technically speaking, 85% of your credit history is 100% in your use. Now, what are some of the key variables that kind of go into that? It's, it's essentially late payments, not great, right? So make your stuff on time. Number of accounts open, that matters. Use of available credit limits, that matters. We'll talk about that. And then dramatic life events, which will maybe aren't as controllable. And we'll talk about that as well. Um, so again, dramatic life events. Tom Brady blows out his ACL. Tom Brady gets new quarterback coach. Tom Brady gets, you know, brand new team. Tom Brady gets revitalized and suddenly goes, you know, looking like he's 26 again. Like these are all things that happened very dramatically within his career that make him, you know, is he going to be the Randy Moss season every year? Probably not. But when you look at his career statistics, someone who's been in the league for uh, 554 years, he's super predictable, right? Now, eventually, he'll age and fall off the cliff. But we haven't seen that yet, and we actually don't know if he ages or if he's human at all. So we'll find that out eventually, too. Before we go into the depths of sort of the tips and advice of building your credit, one of the first steps is really protecting your credit. So monitoring your credit score, super important. Get your free report every year. Use your credit card services. Whatever services are out there, use them. The other thing you can do is opt out of people being able to buy your credit report, what they call trigger leads. There's a website. If you have a pen, if you're driving, don't do this. But if you have a pen, uh, grab it, write this down for a moment. If you're driving, come back and listen to it later. Website, https www.opt outprescreen.com and that's screen s-c-r-e-e-n.com make sure to go to the official website that is the government sanctioned website they also have a phone number 1-888-5-O-P-T-O-U-T 1-888-5-OPT-OUT you can call that number and essentially stop people from buying your credit report, buying line items, buying the fact that they saw you pull a mortgage pull. Anyone who's applied for a loan knows the next day you get like 50 calls from different banks. You can actually prevent them from doing that by simply going to that one website. Now, what are some things that are you know good and bad for your credit? One of the most common questions that I get is, should I pull credit? The reality is, that pulling credit is not the end-all, be-all, terrible thing for your credit score. If it was, people wouldn't be able to buy homes. We all have to pull credit to buy a home, so eventually you're going to have to do it. The key is don't let everyone in the whole world pull your credit. That's a terrible idea. But what I usually say is when you're interviewing lenders, when you're talking to people, find someone you know, like, and trust. Find someone that you want to work with and let them pull your credit. You technically, for a mortgage pull, you can have up to, I believe it's three pulls within 30 days, and it will count as one pull on your credit report. That said, when someone pulls your credit online, you're going to see a dramatic move in your credit score. So if I'm on my Chase Card app and I see that my card has been, you know, that I've pulled credit, it might fall 15, 20, 30 points. It, it's all going to depend. Remember again, 
it's all about predictive modeling, right? So if I've had the career of Tom Brady, if I've had the career of Aaron Rodgers, one credit poll, one interception, one bad game, one bad week, one bad month isn't going to dramatically impact my lifetime averages. It's not going to dramatically impact my draftability this year in fantasy football. Maybe I get put on the bench for a week for a bad matchup, maybe, but probably not, right? Like I'm not bad. I'm not going to bench Patrick Mahomes no matter what the matchup is. It's kind of the same idea. When you are pulling credit, we are looking for predictability. The longer and more predictable you've been, the better your score becomes. Now, I mentioned before dramatic events. Uh, there are some things, you know, Tom Brady blows out an ACL. That's really bad. Um, not great for his numbers that year. Same way, bankruptcy, forbearances, short sales. Um, those things can impact your credit. Heck, moving internationally can impact your credit. I've had a couple of borrowers um, actually fairly recently that have international lived internationally for a long period of time. They essentially went off the grid. When you go off the grid, there's nothing to score you. If Colin Kaepernick came back in the into the league this year, I don't know that I would be able to predict how he's going to be, right? Like, I, I have no idea what he's going to look like as a quarterback. He's been off the grid, uh, at least in the football world, for a few months, for a few years, for a long period of time. If someone's coming back from injury, if someone is coming back from, you know, a sabbatical, whatever it is, if they've missed the preseason, like these are things that they can impact how they are and how predictable they are. I remember when Peyton Manning came back from his neck injury and everyone was questioning whether or not to draft him. He had one really good year that next year. And then he got old and his cred, you know, his cred score dipped by the end of that year. It had become, okay, this is now the new Peyton Manning. This is the new trend. He is going to throw interceptions. He is going to miss payments. His credit score is going to drop. It's the same type of thing. You're looking to build predictability. But when you have a dramatic event, like you move internationally, and all of a sudden you go off the grid for a little while, the credit score companies are out there going, hmm, our credit bureaus are out there going, hmm, let's pause. Let's hit the brakes for a moment. Is this a real thing or is this just a short injury or is this now the new Peyton Manning? Similarly, divorce, terrible for your credit, sometimes really great for your life. And it's something that people need to do. But planning ahead for it, getting a loan officer involved early on can be important. Why? Because when you get separated, when you really think about it, what you're doing is divorcing your marital assets. So that means my wife and I, Kat. Kat and I have a car. We have a couple of credit cards. We have a house. We've been making payments together for, we just celebrated our 10-year anniversary for the last 10 years. Very predictable. Great for our credit scores. Tomorrow, she walks in and says, Jason, you're recording a podcast at one in the morning. It's time for you to, uh, to get out. That's not going to be great for my credit score because now we're going to have to we're going to have to divorce our marital assets. We're going to have to pull our uh, credit cards apart, cancel cards, open new cards, uh, refinance our home, maybe refinance a car. All this stuff happens in a short window, and that dramatically impacts the behavior. They have no idea if I'm getting divorced. They're just looking at data sets. I'm a numerical value, and they don't know that 
I get divorced, they, they might think I've developed a ter terrible gambling problem, right? Like these unpredictabilities within the scores cause little blips. So improving your credit, maintaining your credit. What are the things you can do beyond not getting, you know, divorced, moving internationally and all of that other stuff that maybe not always within our control? Here's what we can control how much of our credit card usage we have and what we use. The magic number is 30%. So if you have a credit card and you have $10,000 limit, try spend less than $3,000 at any given point on that card. Keep the limits low. Tip, let's say I have a card with a $1,000 limit. Again, length of history, really important. So maybe I have a card, I'm a high school student, I open up a student card, it's got a terrible interest rate, but I've had it for the last 15 years, 30 years, 20 years, whatever. Keep it open. Maybe it only has a $1,000 limit. Call the credit card company. See if you can increase the limit. Now it's $5,000. Buy myself a, a water, a sandwich, a lunch once a month. Pay it off. Keeping that line active and open with a usage under 30% is going to keep my credit score good. Making multiple payments a month. Not every credit card reports on the same cycle. So if I report on the 45-day uh, cycle, if I report every 30 days, some report on the 1st, some might report on the 15th, whatever it is, going in every week and making a payment, paying off my card, going in every week and paying um, every other week and paying off what I'm going to use. Let's say I'm going to spend $1,000 on this card every month and I go in every week and I pay $250 a, a week at the end of that week. Making those payments regularly is going to ensure that every time that card reports, every time that trade line reports into a bureau, it's going to show a payment and a payment history of usage with under 30% usage. Good for my credit. If let's say I'm sitting here and I'm like, ah, got terrible credit. Maybe I'm a student. Maybe I'm young. Maybe I've been living internationally for a while. Whatever it is, I don't have credit. Nobody's going to give me a card. One thing you can do, I just talked to a borrower about this earlier this week, become an authorized user. Speak to a responsible lending adult, parent, grandparent, um, brother, sister, uh, aunt, uncle, whomever it is that might be willing to add you to their card on your individual name. Adding you as an authorized user, you don't even have to use it. Shred the card immediately. As long as they continue using it and they follow these rules, they make their payments every year, every month, you're going to build credit. And that can be one passive way to continue to build credit. Um, when you're buying a home, one of the key things is keeping all these things in mind. There are certain breaking points and strategies that you can employ to help you qualify for your home. Some things to keep in mind. One, qualifications, uh, we are going to look at your credit report. Now, when we speak about qualifications, there are pretty binary numbers that we look at, right? And it depends on your program, what you're buying, who you're using, all these different things. But let's say $700,000 or if you're buying a home and you need a 700 credit score, a 620 credit score, a 660 credit score, or a 540 credit score, whatever it is, there are going to be certain cutoff points 
by which you no longer qualify for that given program because your credit score is below a certain number. Know those numbers. Speak to the loan officer, speak to your lender, speak to your bank, find out what some of those thresholds are. If you're nervous about that, I, I'm having actually a conversation with someone yesterday. She, I literally just saw that she applied um, today. So I, I will go in there. I will take a look at her file. She was very nervous about credit score. We had the conversation. She looked at her credit monitoring apps, told me what they were. And I said, okay, now most likely that's going to be semi-accurate. Let's take a look at what it is and what we might qualify for. And here's some of the things that we want to do. Do you think you're above this loan or do you think you're above this limit? Do you think you're looking in these price ranges? Looks like we might qualify. Now it's time to pull credit and verify that all these things are true. So we go through that next stage. Now, again, that's a binary thing. Do you qualify? Yes or no. The next part that we use the credit score for is pricing. Now, this is, if we go back to fantasy football, how much am I willing to pay in an auction format for Aaron Rodgers? Probably a lot more than I'm willing to pay for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Similarly, if you have certain credit score thresholds, banks are willing to trust you more. 780 and above, perfect credit. After that, they tend to move in 20-point increments. So 760, 740, 700, 680. Those tend to be the increments that we look at. Knowing those limits, knowing where you are on those limits when you pull credit will help inform you on ways that you can strategically apply for to buy a home. So, for example, my wife is at 780. I'm at 720. She qualifies to buy the home on her own, right? Or maybe she qualifies to refinance her home. But we get a better rate, we get a better price because she's at 780 than we do when I'm on the loan because I'm at 740. A lender is going to use the lowest of the three. We pull all three scores and we use the lowest median average. So if I'm at 780, 740, and 720, my qualifying score is 740. She's at 800, 780, and 780. We're going to use 780. Now, she qualifies on her own, but we get maybe an eighth better price because she's at 780 and I'm at 740. Let's just use her, right? That's a strategic home buying strategy that we can use to save ourselves some money. So ask your lender, what are those breaking points? What is the impact of my score? What are the options that I have? And how will those prices vary on a given loan program with a given lender? Ask them, when is it ready? When am I ready to pull credit? Who's going to be on the loan? What should I pay off, if anything, right? Now, keep in mind, paying things off, not always great for your credit score. So sometimes strategically paying them off in the loan process after we've pulled credit can be better. I get this question all the time. Should I pay off the car before you pull credit? Maybe, maybe not. Sometimes, most likely, probably not, right? So the reason being, again, it's predictive modeling, right? Like if I pay off my car, and I had a $30,000 loan, I was making a payment every single month for the last three years. That's very predictable. That's good for my credit score. This is why people complain about credit games and why it's a giant fantasy Ponzi scheme. <laughs> it's because I need credit to build credit. I need credit to get credit. It's a giant cycle that can sometimes feel like you're in the wash and it can be very frustrating, especially if you're on the outside looking in.
So the key thing, find little ways to break in, apply for credit, up your credit limit, become an authorized user, start small and manage it, only buy what you can afford to pay off, manage that credit on the revolving lines as much as possible. Make your student loan payments. One of the things I see the most is right when students get out of school, they don't make those student loan payments. They miss a couple of payments that first summer. You know, that stuff can kill your credit for a long time because you're Lamar Jackson. You don't have a long credit history. You've only been in the league for two years. You might be the MVP next year, or you might become the next RG3. I don't know, right? So the key thing is to make sure that you are being as predictable as possible. You want to be boring Danny Tanner. You want to be Aaron Rodgers. You want to be out there just being super predictable with every single payment on time, with every single credit card being used responsibly, and then being paid off regularly. In doing that, it's okay to have student loans. It's okay to have car loans. It's okay to have credit. Having credit helps you build credit. Remember, it's about the lifetime batting average. When we look online at your credit score, you're going to see wild variations. I know I do, right? Like buy a new bedroom set at Jordan's and I put it on the credit card. We finance it on a Jordan's card, whatever it is, right? My credit score might drop 30, 40 points in a given month. Just by making my regular payments, by financing a new car, you know, financing the the new bedroom set, whatever it is. I might see 20, 30, 40 point drops. I might see 20, 30, 40, 50 point gains. The reason I see those giant undulations is because when they're doing that online, they're not looking at the full trail. They're looking at, should I bench Aaron Rodgers this week because he's got a tough matchup and he had a bad game last week and maybe his thumb hurts. They're looking at, is Tom Brady getting a little older and starting to behave a little bit erratically, kind of look at what happened over there last week. They're not looking at the full trail, the full career. When we pull credit as a lender, we're looking at seven years, every single trade line, every single month, every single payment. What that means is that when you look online, you see a 750, 800 credit score and they're only looking at the last couple of years, last couple of months, whatever it is that that particular app or site is looking at, we can vary up to 100 points when we do the hard pull. Usually, it's pretty close to what you see there, typically. But if you have one of those big dramatic events in your history, maybe you had a foreclosure, a bankruptcy, a, a separation, maybe you missed a couple of student loans right when you got out of school, and that has fallen off of whatever metric they're using. When you look online, maybe that's timed off that report, whatever it is, but we, we might see it because it was six, seven years ago. So it's still on there. So those are the types of things that can cause that variation. Don't get frustrated with your lender. Just talk through it. Find a lender that's willing to talk through these things with you. If you're a realtor, financial advisor, a potential home buyer, if you're looking to refinance your home, the key thing to remember is that you can achieve your credit dreams. You can get to 800. Everybody can do it. The key is to know the game you're playing and think like a fantasy football draft. How do I find the most predictable, boring team that I can find? It might be filled with old KG vets. 
It's why I'm terrible at fantasy football. It's why I don't play it much anymore because I only pick the people that I know are going to be predictable. I don't look for the super risky game. Um, And that's kind of the way the credit bureaus look at us. They look at us like who's the most predictable. They're using a data set of hundreds of data points over hundreds of millions of users over thousands of transactions in a given period. They're looking at all of that data and then saying, based on this data, who's the most predictable? And how do we predict their behavior so that we know that they are a reliable borrower? I hope that this was useful. Please remember, if you get anything out of these podcasts, subscribe, rate, review. Anybody who is new to listening to this podcast, please share it with a friend. Every single new follower to this feed, wherever you listen to podcasts, I will be donating $10 to the Friends of Boston Homeless. So every time I see a new thumbs up on my follow, um, you're supporting a good cause. My goal, I'd really love by the holiday season this year to get one person off the street. That means raising $1,000. It's 100 new listeners. So if each and every person just shares this with one friend and asks them to follow, heck, pick up your spouse's phone and just follow it for them. They don't even have to listen. I'd appreciate it. Thanks again for joining me. I'm sorry it was just me this, this week. Usually we'll come on with a new guest and we'll talk about fun and exciting things. You'll get to hear a variety of perspectives. My goal each week is to lend you all the information you need about the home buying process. Pick up some of the past episodes, listen through the feed, and hopefully you'll get something out of this. Thanks again for joining me and hopefully we'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of Finance with Factor. Please remember to like, rate, share, and subscribe. Then if you really like us, unsubscribe and resubscribe again. Of course, that can be our secret, but it helps our ratings. Have an idea for an upcoming topic you want us to cover? Post a comment. For the full video version of this episode or any of our previous episodes, please find, like, and follow Jason on YouTube or Facebook at Jason Factor Mortgage Network and on Instagram at Finance with Factor. All content on Finance with Factor is self-published by Jason Factor, Senior Loan Officer, NMLS, number 1401985. All rates, guidelines, and advice discussed on this episode is subject to change. For a full list of disclosures, visit the License and Disclosure page at jasonfactor.com.